0: Oh boy, here we go, here we go, this is it, the Harlan Highway Podcast. Welcome everybody, thank you for being here today. I'm Harlan Williams, your host, and uh, we're going to be doing a Harlan's Pissed Off segment. It involves airports, I think you'll all be able to relate. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, airports, what's not to be pissed off about. Also, uh, summer is kind of here, sort of. And guess what that means? Campfire Timmy is popping into the studio, puke, to sing some of his stupid campfire songs, which I hate. Might be the most annoying guy on the planet next to Cinnamon Boy. So Campfire Timmy will be here. Also, we're going to open up the Harlan Highway listener mailbag and read some of your emails. And I will respond to some of your, your wonderful emails that you uh, you have sent into to me, which you can send to harlanwilliams.com, by the way. And then also towards the end of the show, we get a little more serious. Uh, as you know, Roseanne Barr tweeted some racist crap, and she was, like, fired from her own show within hours. And I'm going to talk about that. It's more of a serious topic at the end of the show. I'm going to talk about not only the racist tweets, but what are we as a society becoming with all this tweet stuff? Do we want this stuff to happen? Let's find out on the Harland Highway. I have an announcement make.
1: You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. Shut up! I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, You're a cantaloupe. All right!
0: Shame, big daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself.
1: Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're going to get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man. What's the with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Hello? Hello? Hey, Harlan. It's Ethan
0: from Dallas again. Uh, listen... You missed the meeting, subcontractor appreciation event today in Dallas. I'm sitting in traffic now because you were supposed to be there, and you weren't. And, uh, you know, kind of a big waste of time for me. Hope Campfire Timmy comes over there and puts a foot in your ass. Anyway, chicken chow mein, baby. First of all, did not get the memo about the meeting. Uh, second of all, had I got the memo for the meeting, uh, I wouldn't have been there regardless, not my field of expertise. Don't know anything about what you were talking about, although I could probably fake it pretty good. Uh, in honor of uh, subcontractor appreciation today, we'd like to uh, we'd like to say that uh, we're very pleased with uh, the fine, upstanding work of all the subcontractors. And even though Dallas does not have a large fleet of submarines, we appreciate your subcontracting work. That's called faking it. And secondly, Brosophyos. Uh, no, 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 no. Campfire Timmy will not come and put his foot in my you-know-what because Campfire Timmy, we don't want him here. I know we're kind of right at the edge of the beginning of summer here, and uh, he is not a welcome... What? Hold on. What the... Roger, is there supposed to be someone here? Come in. Hello? Come in. Hi. Oh, God. Don't oh God me. What are you doing here, kid? Uh, hello there, uh, Simon and Garfunkel face. Look, don't start with the names. What are you doing here?
1: Uh, it's almost summer, stupid. And I'm singing campfire songs.
0: Listen, Campfire Timmy, I was just talking about you. Yeah, no kidding. Why do you think I'm here, fat flubber? F- thunder! F- fuck! Stop! You're not gonna walk into my studio and call me names,
1: okay? Maybe I'll sing your names. Excuse me. Oh, you're a fat fuck, fuck, fuck face, fuck, fuck face, Sick, fuck, fuck face. You're a fat fuck, fuck face. You're a fat, fat, fuck, fuck face.
0: Cut it out! You don't have to yell at me. Well, what do you want me to do? You're singing. You're insulting me? with your singing? Yeah, spit it out there, trombone tits. What, trombone tits? You heard me. Look, what do you want here, kid? You know what I want. It's almost summer. Okay, so? So I come here to sing campfire songs. Oh, God.
1: Don't god me. Why don't you get two pieces of camel poop? and slap them on each side of your face and become a camel shit
0: sandwich. Listen, kid. How many songs do you have? Three. Okay, look. you know what? Just to get you the hell out of here, why don't you sing them and buzz off?
1: Oh, buzz off.
0: When well, were you born in 1973? Gee, groovy,
1: man. That's really far out. What a mind bender. Christ, why don't you go stuff your head in a box of crackers and fart
0: soup all over your face? Kid, get it going.
1: Oh, what's that, more 70s talk? Far out, buddy. Groovy, man.
0: Suck cauliflower. I'm not going to suck cauliflower. Hurry up, what's your first song? It's a campfire song. Okay, and what is it? It's all about... How the lily pads grow. Lily pads grow. Yeah, in the swamp.
1: In the swamp. Yeah, like the swamp and your f- smelly
0: underpants, fart face. Ted, sing your stupid song. All right, shut up. Hurry up.
1: Lily pads. Lily pads. Look at the. Kid! Shut up! Lily pads! Lily pads! Look at the swirling lily pads! Kid! Shut up! I'm singing! Fart tonsils! Lily pads! Lily pads! Look at the
0: swirling lily pads! Kid, that might be the most annoying song on planet Earth. Yeah, and your underpants might be the most shit-stained pieces of garbage
1: on the whole universe, like the Shroud of Turin. Kid!
0: Lily pants! Lily pants! Kid, stop it! You sound like one of those stupid slide whistles i bet you know all about slide whistles, don't you, perv? Listen. It's a lily pad song. It sounds like one of those stupid circus slide whistles. Let me finish. Hurry up.
1: Lill, lily
0: pads. <laughs> Forget it, kid. Move on to your next song. Suck a bag of stew. Suck a bag of stew. That's right. What does that even mean, kid? It means make a bowl of stew. Okay. Pour it in a bag. All right. And suck it. What is your next song? It's another nature campfire song. Okay, and? It's about fire sprites. What the hell are fire sprites? Ah, hello, stupid, when you light a campfire... There's a legend that little elves made out of fire come dancing out. I think those are called sparks, kid. Well, in campfire lore, they're called fire sprites. Campfire lore. That's right. Well, where do you even get this jargon? Oh, jo-
1: whoa, well, hey, far out, groovy hippie. Why don't you put your elevator shoe right up your ass, disco fuck? Camp- Hurry up with your stupid
0: song. What is it? It's called Fire Sprite at Night. Fire Sprite at Night. That's right. Kind of like how at night you go to the Motel 6 and power slam whores. I don't power slam whores at the Motel 6, you idiot. Shut your wagon wheel face. Wagon wheel face? You heard me. Hurry up and do your dopey song. Ah, go fart some
1: broccoli sauce. Hurry up! Oh, I'm sitting round the campfire. Yes, say yes, indeed. I'm singing round the campfire. Slapping on my knees. And what do I see? Fire Sprites, fire Sprites, fire Sprites. Hee, hee, Hear them giggle, giggle, giggle in the night. hee, hee. Fire Sprites, fire Sprites. Hee, hee,
0: hee, hee. Kid! I did not think you could out-annoy me with the stupid lily pad song. And now, fire sprites, shut up, I'm singing. If you call that singing, I'd like to hear a hippopotamus put saran wrap over its asshole and fart underwater. You are one sick, fucked up puppy machine. Hurry up and finish. Oh, fire sprites
1: at night! Fire sprites at night! What a fun delight! The fire sprites at night! Fire sprites! Fire sprites! Fire sprites! See them sparkle! Fire sprites!
0: Fire sprites! Like elves in the barkle! Fire kid! Oh God, this is just making me squirm! Yeah? Why don't you wait till the rain
1: falls and squirm out of your hole like a fat fucking pudgy pink dew
0: worm, you fat punk? Look, are you done? No. Fire Sprites, Fire Sprites, see them dance in the
1: light. Fire Sprites, Fire Sprites, twinkle, twinkle, twinkle all night.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is that it? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Fire Sprites. No, 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 you say it's done. Okay, maybe it is. Good. Maybe you're... Eyes are crossed like you live in a trailer park and have a banjo up your ass. Do you have one more song, kid? Yes. Hurry up and do it. What's it called? It's a campfire song. Okay, what's it called? It's called I I Smoke Weed and Eat Pussy Every Day. What? Shut up and let me do it. You're not doing that song here. What the hell? Shut up. Or my father's going to fire your thimbly ass. Oh, God, go ahead and do your stupid song. What's it called? I smoke weed. Yeah? And I eat pussy every day. Good Lord, kid. Shut up. Go ahead and do it and get the hell out of here. Shut your greasy lemon meringue pie hole.
1: Hurry up. Okay. Oh, I smoke weed and eat pussy every day. Cause I'm a lady! I smoke weed, eat pussy Pussy every day And every day is kind of the the same same. I smoke weed, eat pussy every day Hold on! God, what the hell? Shut up, I'm singing! I have fun fun and I feel no shame I smoke weed and eat pussy pussy every day day. I have fun. Okay,
0: stop! What? What the- How is this a campfire song? And what do you know about- Smoking weed and eating pussy? Oh, God. Oh, I know what's going on. I'm not living in the
1: 70s like you, groovy, wild, far out, peace hippie. And by the way, hippies smell like dirty bar rags. And I bet your underpants smell like urine, pizza pie, and fucking crabgrass. Kid, are you done? No. I still got four. I will never be obeyed. Cause I'm a motherfucking lady! I hit, I hit the, the blood like, like I'm a slim so shady! Cause I'm a motherfucking lady! Oh.
0: Stop it! Wow, what's your problem, gargoyle tits? I'm not gargoyle tits, kid! Well, you're... What are gargoyles? They're scary monsters that hang on the sides of buildings! Yeah? Well, you've got scary tits that hang on the side of your blubbery belly. Kid, I want you out of here. That song is disgusting. It's not a campfire song. I don't know what it is. It's called Modern. And if you don't know how to sing
1: around a campfire, then why don't you dive into the depths of hell and have barbecued spare ribs with Satan's ass cheeks? Barbecued spare ribs with Satan's ass cheeks. You heard me frank farts? Frank, get out of here! Up yours! Out! I'm a motherfucking lady! I suck pussy and I... Get
0: out! Holy crap! You know, I, I almost don't want Summers to happen now because of this kid. Can't fire Timmy, and I can't do anything about it. His freaking father owns my pod. He owns the network that my podcast plays on. And so I'm boned. I can't do anything about it. I got to have this idiot in here every summer. And he just gets worse. His voice gets worse. His songs get worse. The lily pad song that the fire sprites. And this last one, I smoke weed every day, and I, oh my God. Can we cancel summer? Is that doable? Can we just forget summer? And then I got bar- Barbecue Eddie coming up. Jeez, I mean. I smoke I
1: weed, eat, every, every day, and, day, and I, I can't get, can get, get out, get out, get
0: out! God! Don't
1: piss me off, This is Harlan Williams.
0: And you're really pissing me off. Oh,
1: you starting to piss me off, you little pigless son of a bitch. You pissed me off. Shut up! You're pissing me off! These <laughs> fucking assholes, this fuck these Fucking assholes! The fuck is
0: their problem, man? Yep. We might as well do this segment while I am pissed off, okay? I mean, I'm already pissed off about something, but Campfire Timmy just sent me to a boiling point, so this will be a good way to get it out. Now, I don't know how many of you have been to LAX. Do you know what LAX is? That's the code name for Los Angeles International Airport. Now, many of you probably haven't. So this might not resonate with you because you haven't been to LAX. should be more like S-U-X. Sucks. And herein is my beef. Los Angeles International Airport. uh, God forbid you ever have to go there. But I'm sure some of you have been in places Similar that are a complete disaster, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. I don't know where the X comes from, LAX. I don't know. The code words for for airports are a little weird. How does Los Angeles International Airport turn into LAX? But anyways, this airport is the most dysfunctional, outdated, small, useless piece of garbage on the planet. OK, here's an airport in Los Angeles that was probably built in the 50s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. I don't know when it was built, but at the time it was built, it was probably meant to service, you know, like, uh, you know, 800,000 people, maybe a million people. You know, L.A. Los Angeles was was smaller when it was built. And so now the Los Angeles region has 11 million people. Okay, 11 freaking million, not one million, 11 million, maybe more. And so now this outdated piece of crap airport is is uh, undersized. It's it's useless, and whoever designed it, I don't know if they thought they're being artsy or it was some kind of let's get that that designer let's get that architect that french guy Blanc-Geran, or or uh, let's get that spanish architect felipe or whatever you know i don't know who they brought in to design this thing but it runs like an escher painting you ever seen an escher escher is a famous artist he's famous for he he's got like these endless stairways. Like if you look at his his paintings, they look like optical illusions. It, it looks like a stairway leading to an upside down building and then a stairway leads into a stairway and they're like perpetual stairways. It's like if you if you look at his paintings, it looks like you could never get off them the way he's kind of designed them. And they're very confu- it's very confusing and and it, it, it looks like a nightmare. If you ever got on an Escher painting stairway, you'd You'd be lost in an eternity. And that's what LAX is like. It's like uh, the, the hallways don't match. The terminals don't meet. They'll they'll put you into a terminal where it's not your terminal. They'll say, oh, Delta Airlines, Terminal 2. And then you go there, you get out of your cab or you park. And then it turns out, oh, your gate's in Terminal 4. So now you got to like, walk underground all the way across the whole airport. Instead of them just telling you where your gate is, there's like there's several different check-in areas, American Airlines, it's like half their gates are at the terminal and then the other half you have to get on a shuttle and take a shuttle right out where the planes are. You're literally driving beside the planes taxiing. And they're taking you all the way like a half mile to another terminal. This this is an international one of the most populated cities on planet Earth, and you're, they've got you on a smelly little shuttle bus driving out beside the airplanes. All, all the service vehicles, the food trucks, the gas trucks, the diesel trucks, the mechanics, the, the airport police, you, you're literally in traffic beside giant airplanes. You look out the window, there's a giant airplane wheel going by. It's actually kind of cool, but it's not what you want when you're trying to get a flight. You know, you show up at the airport, and you know you, you've got a takes a half hour to check in, and then you got to get to your gate. Well, all of a sudden, now you got to factor in an extra 15, 20 minutes to do this, and they don't tell you. And then the way the uh, the uh, the the airport's designed, escalators don't go up to the right floor. Elevators, escalators, stairways, doorways. Things don't match. Things don't meet. Everything's obscure, even in the in the parking garages, the way they designed the parking garages. The floors don't meet. Bridges don't match. I mean, you're just, this place is like walking into a Rubik's Cube. It is the dumbest, stupidest, bad airport. And then most airports you go to nowadays, you go into them, man, they're like malls. Like, you can go to Pittsburgh, you can go to Denver, you can go to Houston, you can go... I mean, there's fine dining, there's 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 pubs, there's there's uh, massage parlors, there's shopping, there's... Um, I mean, some of it you, you almost like... You almost want to go to the airport. You know what LAX has? LAX, if, if you're lucky, your terminal has a magazine shop and a Starbucks. And you're lucky if you get that. It... It's unbelievable how lackluster this, and and they can't even put stuff in because there's no room. It is so lame, it is so outdated, and, and so it deserves to be ripped down. They really need to tear it down to the ground and rebuild for the future. But instead of doing that, what they've decided to do is they've decided to spend a crap load of money and put cosmetic facade onto the onto the airport so now when you drive up they've got all these like plastic lights and they put up some some columns and they put up some new signs and they they put new facing on the building this this white you know fiberglass uh, groovy uh, facade and it's like i don't care what the building looks like give me a functional freaking airport and it is bad, man. Every time I go there, I'm not kidding. I, I've been there probably 700 times. That's where I fly out of when I go do all my traveling. And I travel a lot. That's why I'm so pissed. It's like, I'm not kidding. Almost every time I go there, I take a wrong turn. I go down a wrong hallway. I, dr- I In the parking garage, I go the, down the wrong ramp. I go to the wrong terminal. I go to the wrong gate. I, go to the, I can't find something to eat. There, there, there's no choices. I, you got to go to a magazine shop and buy a bottle of Coke and a bag of bugles at seven in the morning, because they don't have a place you can get. get a, there's no restaurant. There's no. It is really a piece of crap. It is so frustrating. And imagine, like I'm there all the time, and and uh, you know. one out of every six times I get lost. Something goes wrong. I go to the wrong thing. I'm in the wrong place. I mean, I go to airports all over the freaking world, and they're, they're really nice. Most of them are really good. And LAX is a piece of garbage. It's hard to get in and out. As you can imagine, there's tons of traffic. When it was built, it was, like I said, it was set up for, a lot less people. So you could probably breeze in and out of there. Now it's like being in rush hour traffic. You're backed up. You know, the, 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 the garages don't have enough parking spots. I've, I've literally gone for flights in the morning to park my car at the terminal. And the terminals have signs up that said, oh, lot full at an airport. So now you're like you're like w- what the hell do I do? Now you now you're like tr- trapped, you're looking for a place to park, you're at the air. oh my god. So I just had to vent. It is a it is a living piece of crap. They're trying to make it better by doing cosmetic surface changes. They're not addressing any of the infrastructure. They're not addressing the size, the parking, the accessibility, the confusion. So be warned, when you get to LAX, the shittiest piece of crap airport on planet Earth, there. I got it out of my system. Thank you for listening. I hope you never have to land at L.A. (laughs) Sucks. I like those letters, let's find out what you've got to say Oh boy, mailman, ding dong, mail today Alright, here we go, it's that time, gurgle-glargans and bingle-bargans It's time to read your emails, and I'm the only one in the world who, when you email me, I get a piece of paper It flies out of my wall, I don't know how Um, let's read here. Thank you for your letters, by the way. If you want to uh, write me an email, uh, it's at harlanwilliams.com. We have a contact link. But for now, let's get to the letters that have already been sent. Here we go. Uh, Dear Harlan, I've been listening to your podcast each week for the past couple of months. Well, thank you. I love the Sparkle therapy bit from a few weeks ago I'm a counselor myself so it really made me laugh and it's funny how it slipped into another podcast a couple of weeks later it's also great hearing about your trip overseas sound like you had a lot of fun hope you had a happy Memorial Day weekend well thank you very much there's no name on that one but it it makes me laugh that uh, the sparkle therapy was performed on me by Dr. Ascot and uh, it was not fun, but it's nice to see that everyone else was amused by my torture session with Dr. Ascot. And it makes me uh, smile to know that you're a therapist, and, and it gave you a kick. So there you go. Let's, let's do it. Thank you for writing. Let's do another email here. Here's an email from Ed Dunbar. Ed Dunbar. It says, private parties. Hey there, Harlan. Wondering if you're available for private parties. My wife is throwing me a 50th B Day party in San Marcos, North San Diego County, on June 2nd. I'm a longtime fan. I have a tremendous respect and admiration for what you do. I could even do a lame opening. Thanks, Ed Dunbar. Oh well, first of all, Ed, happy 50th. Fantastic. You made it half a century, man. Half of a hundred years. Wow. Um, and as to your request, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm honored. I, I Just that you would think of me for such an intimate affair is does not go over my head lightly. I, I, I know that uh, you wouldn't want someone that wasn't someone that meant a lot to you or made you laugh or whatever. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, I don't do uh, little private parties um it's uh, it's it's a little tough it's it's a tough environment it's it's uh, it's just uh, it's not really conducive to what I do and uh, and uh, regretfully I uh, I will not be able to be there to perform for your birthday party but again thank you for asking for for me Uh, I wish you all the best if it helps I will be there in spirit and uh, I hope you have lots of laughs and uh, congratulations for your happy fiftieth birthday. Okay, how's that sound? Um, it's always tough when people ask me to do that stuff, but it's uh, it's just uh, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, let's go to the next. Uh, let's go to the next letter. Here we go. Subject: Small fan. Okay, here we go. This is from a small fan. I am a super small fan who has regained interest in your work recently. I was first introduced to you in Superstar when it first came out and recently rediscovered your talent again on Amazon Prime Video, which has that movie plus a couple of your comedy specials. So I've been watching those. My movie on Prime, Amazon Prime, I think that's my indie movie, Fungy Wungy Fudge Face. Uh, thank you for watching that. I've started listening to your podcast. It's funny the way you talk about Scott Farkas is how I feel about your character Slater in Superstar. Scott Farkas was the, uh, the freckle-faced bully in The Christmas Story. I think you did a very good job in that movie. Slater was such a sweet character, and you definitely did a very good job making him likable and such an endearing character. Well, thank you. Uh, Slater was a character I played in in the Molly Shannon movie Superstar, and it was an interesting role for me because I kind of had to play kind of like the sexy, brooding motorcycle stud which isn't normally what I'm known for, but I, I kind of got into it, and it was a lot of fun, and it really resonated with the ladies. I got a lot of feedback from the ladies saying, oh, Slater's so hot. He's my fantasy. Ooh, I'm like, all right, cool, man. Um, she goes on to say, I remember watching you on Conan when I was in college, early 2000s, and I thought you were funny then but I haven't seen many of your other movies. I know you do stand-up all over, and I'd like to see a show, but it looks like you're not going to be in the Midwest anytime soon. Wrong. Well, sort of the Midwest. I guess not. Cleveland. I'm going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. That's not really the Midwest. Okay, you got me there. She says, I live in South Dakota. I would road trip to Minneapolis to see a show, or Omaha or Sioux City would be good, too. Sioux Falls would be even better. How about your house and I do your 50th birthday party? That would be even better, right? Well, hopefully I get to the Midwest. It doesn't look like I have any Midwest dates uh, coming up. Let me just double check. I think I'm in Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh uh, in the fall. I have Calgary, Alberta coming up. I have Spokane, Washington. I have Pittsburgh on October 4th. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if I have anything right up right where you are. I apologize for that. Maybe in 2019. Uh, but, anyway, she says, keep up the good work and come to the Midwest sometime. Well, I will, small fan. And uh, thank you for your letter. And uh, I'm going to work on that, man. i got to get to the Midwest, okay? Midwest. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Here we go. This is from Sean. Subject, your gravy baby. Hi, Harlan. This is Australia's favorite hetero male, Sean, just messaging you to say, you make my little family smile, especially when you get a call from everyone's favorite supreme leader, Kim Jong-un. Keep up the good work and chicken chow mein, baby. Well, hey, Sean, thank you so much. I love it uh, knowing that uh, people are listening in Australia, the other side of the world. And, uh, and I just did a podcast with uh, Kim Jong-un. I think it was last week's. So, uh, hey, good timing with your letter. Thank you for listening. And uh, keep on smiling over there in Australia. Do me a favor. Spread the word, man. Spread the word in Australia. Uh, here we go. This is a another letter here. An email from Rochelle Ryan. Rochelle, I like that name. Rochelle. It's very sexy. Rochelle says, Hi, you make me happy. Love you. Thank you. Wow. Hey, I like that. Short and sweet and... Boy, if I can make someone happy and, and in return I get loved? I mean, is there a better deal than that? Woo! Uh, let's do a couple more here. Here's an email from Lovia Wright. Subject, Puppy Dog Pals. There you go. My, my uh, show on uh, on Disney Junior, my cartoon. Hi there. I'm writing uh, you to let you know that my two-year-old is in love with Bingo and Rolly. She watches the same episode so much, I now sing all the songs. I think you did an excellent job. Thank you for your time, Lovia. And uh, guess me, my daughter. Oh, okay. I guess she has a daughter, too. Oh, wait. That, oh, her daughter's name's funny name here. What is it? G E S Y N E. Guess me? Guess I'm hopefully I'm not butchering your daughter's name, but it's not a common name, but it's a beautiful name. Gessny, G-E-S-Y-N-E, Gusnya. I don't know. I'm trying to say it right. But uh, thank you so much. Glad you guys love the show. And if you haven't tuned into Puppy Dog Pals and you have kids or nieces and nephews, uh, check out Puppy Dog Pals. On Disney Junior. It is a lot of fun. Um, here we go. Let's do two more here. Here's a, a letter from j Ribs. Uh, it says, Thank you for the entertainment. And this episode was particularly entertaining. As your sidekick, and you had solid chemistry. Would be nice to hear more of this. Fun. Anyways, off I go cheerio. Oh I guess he's talking about podcast 936 My sidekick was particular. I don't I don't know who that was Uh, you'll have to go reference it but Whoever it was whatever it was. Thank you for your feedback and uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's wrap it up with one more Email here we go. This is from Egan Subject. Oh, here we go again. Puppy dog pals. I just wanted to say thank you for creating such a fun show. My daughter Astrid, two and a half, would watch it all day, every day if I let her. It occurred to my wife and I that people probably don't say thank you to artists such as yourself often enough. I, and more importantly, my daughter, hope there are many more seasons to come. Thanks again for bringing some happiness to toddlers everywhere. Well, how about that? Holy smokes, Egan! Thank you. That, you know what? That does mean a lot. And you know, we don't we don't often hear it, and uh, that that means a hell of a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate those kind kind words, and and it makes it all the more fun to do what I do when I hear encouraging and positive messaging like that. And mo- most important of all, to know that your your youngin, your daughter. Astrid is, is just loving the show, and that you guys are loving it, and that's what it's all about, right? So there you go. There's a, a few of your your letters to the Harlan Highway uh, mailbag. Roger, let's close it up, and uh, again, thank you for your letters, everyone, and you can always write me at harlandwilliams.com. Just go on to the contact link, and I do read all the emails. And we save them up, and then we uh, we do them in the uh, listener mailbag. So uh, there you go. Close it up.
1: Another letter from our listeners,
0: Ella. Speaking of letters, are tweets considered letters? I don't know. Uh, but uh, d- d- recently... Um, our old, uh, well somebody's old friend Roseanne Barr uh tweeted and uh, she tweeted some some nasty ass tweet that uh, was very racially charged and involved uh, African Americans and Muslims and Planet of the Apes and just a really a, an ugly thing to tweet. A horrible thing to say. A, a, a horrible association. When are people going to get over the whole making fun of black people and 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 uh, you know associating them with with primates and apes and uh, it's just what kind of idiot does that in this day and age? Like it's it's just it's just so sad to see. And uh, it, it's just wrong, and it's ugly, and it's 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 hurtful. And and you got to ask yourself why? Why does a grown woman or a grown man even go there? Why why does their 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 brain even go to that spot? How is that still even a thing? But anyways, uh, Roseanne got fired for her hateful and cruel tweet, and. Uh, and it, it, you know, th- there a couple of things uh, happened when I when I saw this happen. I th- I thought, you know, Roseanne to me has always been boorish. You know, when her show first came out in the '80s, I just didn't understand why people loved it so much. She was she was a she was kind of a heavy, slob, slobby type of person who was foul mouthed and loud and obnoxious and and kind of. Kind of that person, if you got stuck beside them on an airplane, or you were trapped in an elevator with them, or you had to sit beside them in a movie theater, you'd just be like, "Ooh." And and I always thought that she represented kind of that that uh, that ugly side of Americanism, like that kind of in your face kind. Of, I'm a big fatty, and I don't care, and I. Get out of my way! Give me a beer, and uh, you know, I was never a fan of that. I just always thought it it showed a sloppy side of America. Not to say it doesn't exist, and not to say that people who who are of that ilk are bad people. But I just, I just I couldn't understand why Americans glorified it and why Americans like held propped it up and liked it. I, I don't know it just seemed like uh, it, it wasn't very classy you know what i'm saying and so it doesn't come as much of a surprise to me to see this stuff um uh, and just like that her career is over her sh- her hit show was canceled and uh and that's that and uh you know she her, she learned her lesson the hard way and uh, many more will probably learn their lesson the hard way with making stupid tweets. But beyond all, all of that noise, you know, there's something else that occurred to me that might be even a little more sinister than the horrible, dark, unacceptable tweets. And I, I think it's this. I think we live in a society... Where Have you ever seen videos of, of, a, of a barracuda hiding in the weeds, waiting for an unsuspecting fish to go by? And the barracuda goes darting out and gobbles it up and rips it to pieces and swallows it whole? Have you ever seen the video of the, the zebra eating in the grass out in the African plains? and there's a lion hiding in the grass, and the lion jumps out and rips it down and tears its throat out and kills it. It's ugly, right? It's it's part of life, but it's, it's scary and it's ugly. And part of me feels like, not just with Roseanne, but with everyone else, with the president, with people on the left, with people on the right, whatever your political affiliation, your religious affiliation, your race, your creed, your color. I feel like we've become a society where everyone's just waiting in the weeds, waiting for a misstep from somebody, someone who's got some fame, someone who's got some notoriety, maybe someone who doesn't even have fame, maybe a school kid. Maybe a mayor in a small town, maybe a maybe a politician in a small town, maybe a priest, maybe a a poet, maybe a, a guy who owns a restaurant. Who knows? But it seems like everyone nowadays is a small fish. And the media and the Twitter sphere and, and the internet, they're all just waiting, man. It's like you ever see those cartoons where someone walks into an attic and they light a lighter and all of a sudden like a thousand yellow eyes light up and you look up and and there's like a bunch of vampire bats hanging from the roof and it's really scary and foreboding and ominous. Well, I'm worried that there's a more ominous side to people and society now, wherein we're all just waiting. We're all just waiting to vilify, to point the finger, to to disrupt, to, to end someone's career, to ruin someone's lives. And, and, and I'm not trying to take away from what Roseanne did or anyone else did who's done something bad. But I feel like the sport is now gotcha. Oh, we gotcha, and and there's very little wiggle room now for an explanation, or the acceptance of an apology, or maybe looking at the person's bigger contribution to the world, their their bigger frame of mind, as opposed to one little remark that does deserve to be punished and shot down and chastised and all the rest of it. You can't go around making racist remarks and and you know demeaning people and all the rest of it. But let me ask you honestly, do you think we're almost at a place where it's not even about what the comment is anymore? It's the it's the joy, the fulfillment, the gratification that that the populace is getting by knocking people down. It's like, oh, gotcha! You 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 were walking the line. You you were saying things here and there. You you were controversial. You were you were an edgy comedian. But oh, gotcha! We've been waiting and waiting, and there it is. And yeah, people should be punished. People should be hauled out on the carpet for things they've done bad. Or things that they've said, but I almost feel like we have to look at ourselves and go, "What kind of society are we?" Where we're almost, uh, you know, not even interested in in the racial comment or the religious slander or the the gender slander or the sexual orientation. It's it's just like it's almost like we're fishermen. We're just we're just happy that we came home with a catch. We got one. And I think what we're losing is the nuances. We're, we're losing we're losing that the, the, those little spaces between the notes where we can go, okay, a black sportscaster on ESPN made some very horrible homophobic, comments or made degrading comments towards whites or Roseanne made a degrading comment towards blacks or or a Latino person made degrading comments uh, towards Asians and and it's almost like uh, to, have we lost the sensibility to recognize the wrongdoing, but also kind of go, okay, You know, are we willing to forgive? Are we willing to decipher what was said and done, why it was said and done? Are we willing to administer feedback and punishment? Or are we just like, it's almost like sniper fire. It's like, there she is. I've got her in my scope. I'm just waiting for her to say something. Boom! Gone! Gone! Now again, let me be perfectly clear, I am not giving anyone an excuse or a pass on any type of racism or all, all that bad stuff. I'm just asking the question, is, is are we getting to a point where where we're all going to become afraid to say or do anything even if it represents some of the ugly side of us? Are, are we no longer as human beings allowed to have an ugly side or a slip-up or say something bad and, and be accountable for it, but at the same time, you know, maybe do the time and get out of prison? I, I guess I'm worried that, that we're becoming a puritanical society where, you know, it's almost like that movie Pleasantville where all of us, whether you're Roseanne or you're a farmer, we're all just walking around on eggshells. And nobody's ever going to say anything negative or, or controversial. And even though we don't like that stuff, we have to admit that it's part of the human lexicon. Everybody has a negativity or says things that can be controversial or... Or not what we'd like to hear. But if we all become this one kind of mass of "Hi, how are you today? Well, don't you look great? You're perfect. I'm perfect. Everything's perfect." I mean, I don't know, man. Is that what we want? I've always said that if if someone's racist or someone's uh, you know uh, mean or ugly or bad, let them say it because then we know who they are and what they are. And yes, like I said, we do need to uh, admonish and and punish and make clear that that some things and, and some points of view and some things you say are unacceptable. But I also wonder how far this is all going. Where people who have, have spent their life for their career, and I'm not talking about Roseanne now, I'm talking about the whole spectrum, have have contributed, have brought joy, have brought laughter, have, have, have created income, have created jobs, have created. And if they, they make a comment, do they have a chance to defend it and say, hey, I'm sorry and it's stupid? And blah, or is it just like crucify them? It's hard, right? Because because one side of me, with Roseanne, it's like, yep, she got what she deserved. That kind of crap is not acceptable. You do not say that stuff. But the other side of me, or not the other side, a a part of me is wondering, are we just all kind of sitting around like barracudas in in the weeds waiting for this stuff now? Has it become a sport? Has Has it become a way... For, for us to make us feel better about ourselves, when maybe all of us have a dark side too, and I think where it really shot home to me is with these newscasters. You know, as soon as the story break, I started watching the news and all these newscasters on all these news channels. Uh, they're, they had like this kind of glee in their voice. They had this, they had this look in their eye. They had this, this lilt in their voice where they're like, "Yeah, we got her. We got a news story. We took down another big one. We landed a big fish. Done. Cut it. Gut it. Stuff it. Hang it over the fireplace. That person's history. Yeah. There was almost like this, this bloodlust. This, this this lusting froth in, in their in their voice, in their tone, in their demeanor. And I'm like, I guess that's what made me think of all this. I was like, this is a tragedy all around. First of all, the first tragedy is that someone had racism applied to them. The first tragedy is that Roseanne said those horrible words. And then after that, there's more tragedy. There's all the people that lost their jobs and their income and their livelihood because of what Roseanne did. All the, the crew and the actors and the producers and the writers that worked on her show, done. And, and, and you know, it, there, there's multiple layers of, of, of residual hurt and damage. And uh, Roseanne should have done it, but I, I guess, I don't know, it's like, what, what are we becoming, though? What are we becoming when we, we just, we're just waiting for it? And I wonder psychologically if some of these these people who, who blurt this stuff out or, are maybe testing it. They're like, well, I'll, I'll write something really edgy and, and see what happens. And then, boom, you, you do it and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But, uh, A, any form of racism, tweeting it or, or saying it or anything, wrong, unacceptable. Okay? M- make that clear. And then, B, the whole, the, the whole Twitter thing and the results and, and the, the people who are lusting for seeing people fail – What's that all about? I'm just throwing it out there as a, as a concept, as a, as a concern, as a, as a possibility. What, what is that all about? What are we becoming? Whether someone's tweeting about racism or anti-Semitism or homophobia or Muslim phobia or who knows what it's just it's interesting We're, this whole twitter and internet stuff is 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 dragging the human consciousness and human psychology in many different directions now and i don't know if it's if it's a good or bad or pretty or ugly but it's it's something we all got to keep an eye on man and i'll leave it right there woo Stuff to think about here on the Harlan Highway. Let's wrap it up with that, Roger. Let's wrap it up with that. Um, so let's see, what do we got? Let Let's do some uh, uh, some announcements, shall we? Uh, what do we got going on? We got uh, we got some uh, some comedy happening, uh huh. Comedy happening this week. Yeah, you can catch me on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I will be doing uh, Rumors Comedy Club up there. And uh, great comedy club, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Come on out and have some laughs. And then uh, I'll be in Cleveland, Ohio, July 12th, uh, 13th, and 14th uh, at Hilarities. And then the following weekend, I'll be at a casino in New Mexico. I'll get the name and info, but this this just got uh, booked, New Mexico. Uh, it'll be a casino gig, be a lot of fun. So, uh, so there you go. And don't forget, you can uh, write me at harlowilliams.com. Uh, also at harlowilliams.com, all my stand-up comedy dates. You can uh, check them out and pre-order your tickets. On the comedy link, you can also leave me a phone call, a message at 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. And uh, we might just play your message on the podcast. Don't forget to get our free app and your app phone for the Harlan Highway. Don't forget you can become a premium member for $20 a month or $20 a year. Hold on. $20 a year. That's a steal, man. Get you every episode we've ever done, plus bonus material when I get a chance to put it up now and then. So there you go. Tell your friends about the Harlan Highway. Thank you for all your letters. Thank you for your phone calls. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. And until next time, chicken. Chow mein. Baby? Hey, far
1: out groovy, hippie. Why don't you put your elevator shoe right up your ass, disco fuck?